What is going, everybody? Dando here. I hope you're all having a fantastic week. Now, I'm just here to give you guys a heads up that this is actually a very special edition of Four Finger Discount. It's not just usual guy myself talking about the episode. No, this review was actually recorded all the way back in January of 2021. And it wasn't recorded by Guy and myself. This review was actually recorded by Mitch Grinter and myself. It was a special request from one of our patrons. One Michael Bernstein chucked us a few extra dollary dues and requested that we review this episode. Skip ahead and do this one. So we did over 12 months ago. But here it is now on the regular feed. So you're going to get a good dose of Mitch Grinter here reviewing Today I Am A Clown. And then once the review is wrapped up, Guy's going to jump in and he's going to do the regular new names and mailbag segment to close out the show. So you're going to get a good dose of both Guy and Mitch. Uh, thank you once again, guys, for all of your ongoing support listening to the show. We love each and every single one of you. I uh, hope you enjoyed this review of Today I Am A Clown. Next week is Tis the 15th season, but until then, I am Dando, and I hope you enjoyed the review of Today I Am A Clown. Kresge, what's wrong? I just found out I'm not Jewish. Oh, I was turned down by all those country clubs for nothing. Well, you're still my hero. So what? Everything's changed. I thought I was a self-hating Jew. But it turns out I'm just a plain old anti-Semite. We have so much to discuss. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to a very special Four Finger Discount brought to you by our man Michael Bernstein. We're going to be reviewing an episode called Today I Am a Clown, all the way from season 15. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Oh, fuck. Shit. Sorry, I think I called the wrong number. This is the. This is. Uh, Dan, <laughs> d- d- this is Guy. How may I help you? <laughs> How are you doing, Mitchell Grinter? I'm very well, mate. Thank you for having me back uh, after. Well, I mean, full disclosure, after we took Michael Bernstein's money in 2019 and completely forgot to do the episode. I believe it was, might have been 18. No, no, I think it was, no, you're right, it was 19. See, t- 2020 to me just didn't happen. It was just, it existed, but yeah. I don't remember any of it. It was just like it was never there. That's the best way to get by 20, 2020. And I can, I mean, I'm not all that confident that 2021 is going to be any better, to be perfectly honest. We'll hope, but, uh, but it seems like a fool's errand to wish for anything good at the, at the moment. Uh, Except for the next hour or so of my time, because it's going to be great to be back in the sidecar with you. We just want to throw a big apologies again to Michael, don't we? For, for like you said, taking his money and running for 18 months. <laughs> yeah, I do feel bad about that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so today we're here to do uh, episode six from season 15. Today I'm a clown. He requested this, uh, Michael, like he said, back in 2019. It's one of his favorite episodes. Uh, he is Jewish himself, Michael, which is why he has that connection to the episode. What were your thoughts on it? Well, actually, sorry. Before we before we do that, serious mm-hmm. question: mm-hmm. Are there going to be people listening that don't know who I am? Because it's been a little while. Like, well, if someone only just recently started listening to Four Finger Discount, and they go, "Who the fuck's this guy? Why is nah. this a special episode?" Well, this is going on Patreon. I think anyone who's a patron is obviously going through the back catalogue as well. They haven't. Just yeah, listened. you would hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plus, you are playing the uh, five minute tribute to me that I left at the start of every episode. I assume <laughs> <laughs> that, that's I'm- a standing. That was in my contract. I feel I feel like even though I'm not going to have a mailbag this episode, I'm just going to sneak in the your mailbag intro at some point. Yeah, please do. It's the Patreon mailbag time. 
no, what did I think of this episode? Um, I think... You know what? I really liked the setup for this episode, and I liked the direction that it was heading in. Uh, there was a lot about it that I... There was a lot about it that made me laugh, and there were elements of it that I connected with. I... My main takeaway from it, though, is that it felt a little bit like snorkeling rather than scuba diving. Like, they really only stayed on the surface of the Krusty's Forgotten Jew heritage, and really they only stayed on the surface of uh, Homer being a flash-in-the-pan success on TV as well. Like, they didn't really deep dive into any of those two topics, and it almost felt like when Homer started being on TV that they kind of forgot what their story was. But I, I felt the same way, yeah. It's like they lost their way about two-thirds into the episode. Yeah, and you get a couple little intercuts with Krusty reading the Torah, and uh, I, I presume, um, apologies to apologies to Jews out there if I've got that wrong, but it, I, yeah, it, it kind of felt like they started leaning into the TV path and then went, oh, shit, that's right, we've got Krusty doing stuff. Uh, well, we better go back to him real quick, and then we can get back into Homer talking about the deficit. Um, but, but overall, overall though, it was, you know, it it was just a lot stronger out of the blocks than what I think it, it finished up with. And then the ending was a a fraction rushed. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just feel that it was like they were writing this episode and then sort of felt that people weren't going to be able to commit 22 minutes to the main story. Cause I don't think that Mm. the Homer story was all that necessary, really. Like there was no reason why Krusty couldn't just have been doing this on the side of his show. No, uh, not really. Uh, well, other than they, they kind of very quickly. Oh well, as in they chose to go down the path. Yeah, of, you can't do it on the Sabbath, but they could have very. There's no reason that you have to have a plot line where Krusty records on Saturday. Like that no. could just be completely exercised. Yeah, and still just have Krusty doing the show, and then um, I like I kind of. I know that it would have been a bit of a retread of like Father Like Clown, but instead of it being like Father Like Clown is all about. Uh, Krusty's dad accepting Krusty, they could have flipped the script a little bit and had this be about Krusty accepting his dad and starting to see the world through his eyes a little bit, which might have been a nice companion piece if that had gone down uh, that path and just given it that little bit of extra depth. I guess in Father Like Clown, they didn't really go down the path of Krusty realising why his father behaved the way he did when he was younger, why he was embarrassed and things like that. Yeah. No, no, exactly. I do think that they underutilized his father in this episode. He he was barely mm. in it. Yeah, it was it. It was Jackie Mason reprising the role, wasn't it? Yeah, he played it all the way up until the character passed away in the later seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it feels. You know, I almost wonder if there's anything on the cutting room floor because it does feel like they've got him in to deliver four lines, and none of them overly funny. I'm actually, I actually just look at the wiki page. Oh yeah, it does have Jackie Mason? I was going to say it doesn't say Jackie Mason, but it mm. does. Yeah, Jackie Mason, Mister T. Yeah. Um, I will say but- good use of. Good use of Mr. T when we get yes. to it in the episode. Um, yeah. It might have been a bit of a stretch to give him the final words of the episode, but I uh, I was a big fan of, do you say you pity the fool? That's one way of putting it. <laughs> like, to, to bring him in and not have him deliver the line was very funny. Just even the, let's scroll. I just thought Mr. T really like embraced the role. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I just imagine how intimidating he would have been in the recording studio, though. He just seems like one of those guys who... You know, it seems like you'd be easy to get along with, but the second you say something out of line, it's game over. Or the second you ask him to walk through a normal-sized doorway. <laughs> I actually saw a picture of him. I did some research for this on current Mr. T. I didn't know whether he'd passed away or not. 
And there's this god awful picture of him walking down the road in like a sweatshirt and like sweatpants. And a disheveled, old, skinnier Mr. T. It's not a good sight. I've been getting a bit of, it's not exactly targeted advertising, but on the app Flipboard, I keep getting this recurring ad that's like, Sean Connery's family were shocked when they saw how much wealth he had left or something along those lines. And there's two very different photos they use. One of them is just like Sean Connery looking like Sean Connery walking down the street. So it's like, it must have been heaps because they were shocked. And the other is Sean Connery dressed not like anyone's grandfather, but like the grandfather that you would pity. And <laughs> and in that case, I'm like, was Sean Connery broke when he died? <laughs> like, <what? laughs> I'm not sure. I know he was a real recluse, wasn't he? I think... I'm pretty sure he just went to like this island somewhere and just never left. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know how reclusive he was to people that he knew. I think he just, once he was done, he wanted no part of media or anything along yeah, those yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah well, he wasn't like Howard Hughes bottling urine or anything like that. I do think that this episode did ensure a lot of, clearly a lot of care went into it when it comes to the Jewish faith, you know, with the sign gags mm. and just the, the language used and whatnot. I thought that was very well done as well. Yeah, yeah, there was that aspect of it, the, um, I think, like it all felt very accurate, which was which was great. Um, I guess that you're probably towing a line there as well, because one thing about Jewish faith is if you go too deep, like if you do go below the surface level, then you do lose the chance of or risk the chance of really alienating the audience. Like, it, particularly you know, for myself or most a lot of people in Australia or anywhere else around the world. If you don't have an inherent understanding of the Jewish faith, then yeah, it's just easier to make fun of the curly hair and Yom Kippur and that sort of stuff. And throw in a few, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just throwing the things that everyone knows as secondhand um, is a is a safer bet for a worldwide audience. As I said, the guy who brought you this podcast list is uh, Michael. He commented, so he sent a link to a post that he put all the way back in in March last year after he'd already asked, "Hey guys, are you going to do this?" review for me or not what's going on um (laughs) and he he posted on this post some uh trivia things from this episode pointing out the jewish sort of references uh should i go through a few of them yeah please do um well the first one is not that the first one is just dan castellanada won the emmy for the episode um for most outstanding voice actor which is pretty cool uh so the episode was written by joel h cohen who only joined the series in 2001 but he'd already been a part of the simpsons family apparently his brother wrote the episode flaming moe's well, uh, I know who's getting the extra dessert at dinner time in the Cohen family. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Um, uh, so signs behind Krusty in the old neighborhood include, I can't believe it's not Trafe. And I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. T R A Y F E, Trafe. Uh, he says, Trafe means non kosher. So I can't, oh, believe okay. I can't believe it's non kosher. Uh, yep. Fantastic Shlomo's Barber says, Payos trims two for one with the gag being that payoffs are the side locks. So, two for one. Okay. Sandy Koufax is a Jewish baseball player. Now, Sandy Koufax in the episode was the star that Krusty got the dog to do his business on. And yes, he actually I knew points, that one. He actually, oh, so you know that one. Yeah, he's a baseball player who wouldn't do the pitch in the opening game of the World Series. Because yep. um, yeah, I think Krusty actually says because it fell on Yom, um, Yom Kippur. Uh, then we have here, what else did he sent through? Uh, it would have, uh, on the Sabbath, I think. Uh, it says here, and they said in the episode, Yom Kippur. Oh, so it was... Oh, okay. My apologies then. Having a look at the Sandy Koufax story. So it was uh, October 6, 1965, game one of the World Series. That was the date of Yom Kippur, the day of, date of atonement on the uh, Jewish calendar. Um, 
so yeah, and Sandy Koufax was. I don't know if you know much about uh, baseball history or anything like that, but Hall of Famer, he was you know, he was an absolute legend of the time. And if I'm not mistaken, that would be the reference in the Bell and Sebastian song, um, the, pitcher put, uh, the Pitcher Puts Religion First and Rests on Holidays. Hey, my favourite! Uh, my favourite moment from the episode, in classic Grinter style, I do have a couple. Um you know what? One of them, though, is not so much for the moment that was in the episode. It was more that what could have been in the episode. So my favorite moment in the episode was... Uh, I want to go with a pretty good um, dick joke here from Krusty. Like, you know, status on uh, circumcision and then some. I heard that and I thought, that, that ain't going to be pretty to look at. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they, are, they aren't anyway, but... Yeah, real pasty white with green pubes. It's going to be... <laughs> uh, what was your other favorite moment? Uh, my other favourite moment was the idea of a spin-off series of Homer Simpson and Abe Lincoln writing the wrongs from history. Oh, <laughs> Just, like Bill and Ted style, writing around a phone Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Make a, I reckon you could comfortably develop that into a miniseries, if not a trilogy of film. Of um, It'd be like that, you know, Abe Lincoln and Zombies or, or Abe Link, sorry, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. If you do it in that sort of universe and just grab these two, smash them together and send them off to kill Hitler or... Um, I don't know, save baby, save Azaria Chamberlain from the Outback. Um, the Dingo, yeah. Yeah, all, all of that sort of stuff. Just send them to different areas. It could um, it could be a Treehouse of Horror segment like um, Abe and Homie's Excellent Adventure or something. Could be. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> I just like the moment that I mentioned earlier with the, do you know how much I donate? Yes, we do. Okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I had a door-to-door donor... Um, like the door-to-door donation collections. So the one downside from working from home is you get a lot more door-to-door stuff. We never get uh, them. But we have a sign that uh, says, do not do not knock on that door if you're trying to get us to uh, give you money. <laughs> yeah, I need to get one of those. Because I'm yeah. one of those guys, like I I like giving the charity as much as possible, but I yeah, hate so the idea I, yeah. of a monthly, monthly charity donation. Like I just yeah. want to throw whatever money I have in my account on any given moment when it strikes me to go, ah, um, Good Friday appeal. Sweet, let's give this much. Whereas... Yeah, I don't know. The monthly stuff just never sits well with me. So I did have that kind of, oh, I'm sorry, mate. Look, we already give everything that we can. Um, and as the words were falling out of my mouth, I'm like, that is not the truth. You lying <laughs> son of a bitch. This guy's out here on a 30 degree day. He's trying to do the right thing. And you just, I offered him a glass of water at the end. That was, that was it. You could even offer him a Pepsi. I didn't have Pepsi. Um, I'm on a health kick. Pepsi Max. <laughs> Even the Pepsi Max, I limit, just in case. It's a it's a gateway pop. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia for this week, or for this podcast. Well, I say for this week, that's what I usually say, but I don't know when you're going to be back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do need could to, we, could, This could be Mitch's last trivia ever. I do need to come back, if not for a Simpsons episode, but just for... Um, uh, Beth Anslow uh, from the UK sent me a message um, the other day just asking when am I coming back to Four Finger Discount. Um, she was saying how she just kind of missed that feeling of uh, my... Well, she put it politely to say that my humour knew no bounds. And I think what she means by that is my filthy mind never getting out of the gutter. And I was like, well, how about I organise a Mitch and Dando Get on the Beers special uh, in honour of Dan Andrews, that we might um, just do like a drinking game or something like that. Or I might have some sort of edible at the beginning of the podcast and we'll see where it descends to. How times have changed, sir. I remember distinctly when you we were doing the show week by week, I'd say end of year, 
Dando and Mitch get on the beers. Christmas special, and you're like, ah, oh, that's the lowest form of entertainment. I don't get on the beers and do a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, well, what can I say? Times have changed. I've run out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> you never stop the grinters. <laughs> I haven't had a microphone in front of my face for too long and, you know, if someone wants to listen to me get drunk for a little while, that sounds fun. Um, my trivia for this week. Uh, first question, what was the slogan for the, I don't even know what it was called, but the office that's in charge of, you know, who does and doesn't get a Jewish star? Uh, something like where the chosen come to be chosen or something? I'll, I'll pay that. It was where the chosen get, where the chosen people get chosen. No, 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 no. It's it just where the chosen get chosen because the Jews prefer the chosen get the chosen. Yeah. I, knew was, yes. I knew it was chosen, chosen, chosen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my first question is, what name does Dr. Hibbert give Santa's little helper? Oh, uh, that's a really good question. And despite watching the episode twice, I've forgotten. Nope, what is it? It's Bob Puccioni. <laughs> that's not bad. Um, what... Uh, what are the two things that Krusty remembers? The two things that he remembers? At what point? Oh, wait, yes. Uh, learning how to ride a bike and then this yep. very moment here. Or something. At this very moment, yes. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> how much does a said prostitute charge to play air hockey with Homer? 350 bucks an hour. Correct. Not yep. bad. Well, I don't know what the going air hockey rate is. What's the going rate for a prostitute these days, do you think? A Geelong prostitute. Surely not three fifty an hour. Actually, I can probably find out. I'm pretty sure. Um, let me just jump into the old incognito mode. Does Lorraine uh-huh. Star have a um? I think they have, have a, a menu. page. <laughs> have a menu. Uh, yeah, uh, Lorraine Star. Talk amongst yourselves, listeners, while I look up. <laughs> the- Lorraine Star, the uh, critically acclaimed brothel here in Geelong. Lorraine just Star, part of, just part of one of the main streets. Well, here they go. They legit have pricings. What are the men- what are the menu items? Um, all right, so it's there's a room hire fee of forty five bucks, and okay. then a service fee. Wait, so you can like so you can take a date there or something. Oh, hang on. So this is yeah right. So they've they've I think what they've done here they must have split it on the website so you know how much is going to the establishment and how much is going to the lady in question. So okay, uh, twenty minutes you're going to be out of pocket one hundred and ten dollars all up. Um, 60 minutes you're going to be looking at 230 or for those for those on a budget there is a 20 minute happy ending service which is only going to set you back wait for it 69 dollars no shit is it say happy ending special <laughs> yep. that's happy amazing 20 minute wait happy i have to is this on their facebook page or uh lorrainestar.com.au forward slash m forward slash pricing basically just Lorraine google Lorraine star and it will come star, up Geelong. this is amazing oh, that's There's, i mean if you're going to go there that's the one you're taking right they do actually have a Facebook page. Jeez, you got to be... You're setting up a fake profile if you're following them, surely. Um, the other thing that I've noticed that they've got here is a lady of the week, which is uh, surely ladies. Setting, setting someone up for a bit of fatigue, if nothing else. We've got, uh, we've got Stephanie here. We've got Mimi. We've got Brooke. She's new. She's 19. This is, this is getting into bad territory. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they've got oh, hours. Man. It's like Disney World. <laughs> They're, she'll be performing until six. All righty. Yeah, let's get out of this. Uh, oh, shit. I better hang on. I just realized that I'm still connected to the work server. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, all good. All right. Let's get into tri- Let's continue trivia. Uh, I think it's my second question. Yes. How much? I oh, know. It's your, second, uh, your third question. Sorry. Uh, my third question is how much is 45 minutes? So the, no. Um, what? <laughs> what's the name of Lisa's imaginary Jewish friend? 
Ah, no, you got me. It was Rachel Cohen. That's it, correct. Yeah, so Cohen being the uh, same last name as the writer. Uh, and my final question is, who was the last star on the Jewish Walk of Fame just before the doorway of that Oh, centre? I don't know about the last one. I saw Larry David was like the mm. second... Um, it's a no. guy who used to host the, I want to say, Oscars a lot. Billy Crystal? Correct. Yes, correct. Makes sense. Yes, that does make sense indeed. All right, that is trivia for today on McLean. Let's get into the review, shall we? Uh, oh, well, I do have an alt title, Dando. And I know oh, that I that... forgot. I forgot about this. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so, okay. So, new name title. Here we go. Intro. From this day forward, your name shall be... Okay, so, finally back to the old school alternate titles. So, normally, we just have the patrons sending their new names, but now, mm-hmm. Mitch has done some alternate titles. What have you got for me? Well, I've done an alternate title, although I do have a bonus alternate title that will come up later in the episode. But uh, mm-hmm. alternate title for the overall episode, I've gone with Yak Mitzvah. Uh, or yuck, you could go. See, I was going to go yuck mitzvah, as in Y U K, like lots of yucks. Mm. Um, yeah. but it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't hear correctly because you. Nah, just it sounds like you're saying, saying bar mitzvahs are gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yuck mitzvah. Alrighty, so uh, the original air date for today, a clown was December seventh in the year two thousand and three. Well, well into high school by this point. Uh, the chalkboard gag over forty and single is not funny. And the catch gag was one that I thought you might like, is that the lantern is the Batcave, and they slide down the poles and all dressed mm. as various Batman characters. Yeah, very exciting. It was one thing that, I mean, the last however many newer, quote-unquote newer episodes, I know this is only season 15, but the newer episodes that we've reviewed have been the newer intro as well. And it felt kind of bizarre to watch an episode that I would view as new but still have the same animation of Maggie being scanned at the supermarket and the uh, the car race home and all that sort of stuff. It, uh, If anything, it almost felt deceptive. It's like if you knew twins and one of them was a great person and the other one was a bit of a dick and from a distance you're like, hey, it's Bill and oh, it's fucking Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like season 20-ish when they, or maybe it was 19 when they first got into it, but you're right. Like mm-hmm. I, we did a, a review on an episode from like season seventeen, and it still had the old school sort of like four three ratio, and I was like, this is just bizarre. Yeah, I think I feel like anything post season twelve, you just assume it's going to be just the widescreen. <laughs> oh, yeah, widescreen. They're talking a different language. The color, the characters aren't yellow anymore. You don't recognize anything about the show. <laughs> like that's kind of what I expect. <laughs> a poo's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the episode kicks off with Homer singing Ring of Fire and when I watched this I just assumed this must have come out at the same time that the movie came out Walk the Line I thought you know now everyone was oh, all about yeah. Johnny Cash for a brief period there yeah. um, I know Johnny Cash obviously one of the most iconic musicians of all time but there was that brief period where all of a sudden everyone was just listening to Johnny Cash again you know um, mm. But no, John, uh, that movie came out two years later, so they just randomly decided to listen to Ring of Fire. Maybe it was when the uh, Kermit the film, uh, Kermit the Frog Hurt film clip was doing the rounds. Maybe that, that brought ma- it back into the consciousness. That masturbating is like the funniest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I like the pills oh, myself, just just smashing pills late at night. Um, yeah. I, I need to start the episode off with a nitpick, if I may. Uh, so the episode... Uh, that that scene, he's you know humming the song to himself, and then he joins a line for a bathroom. Homer has an ensuite. We see Homer's ensuite as he's putting on his slippers. It's literally in the background of that shot. Why is he walking to use the toilet in the hallway? That is true. I never thought about. It. Maybe he left his shaver in there. I don't uh, know. Ah, no, he always shaves in the ensuite. 
He's literally he never just... had it. The only time he's ever been in that bath is when he needs to get hit over the back with a chair. What's funny is that I'm usually the one that f- finds the nitpicky shit like that, and that just straight over my head. Maybe I was just half asleep. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. It, it was, admittedly, it was the second viewing where I went, hang on a second. <laughs> you just walked past the toilet. Unless Homer has established the same rule that I've established in which, like, number twos do not get done next to the bed. So, do you always go in the hallway? See, I... I don't, the only I, time I, I won't, like, I'd, I'd have to have guests in the house. Yeah, if I, if I will... I, yeah. 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 Because our toilet is quite close to the spare bedroom and... In, in terms of what I find icky, I would rather take one for the team in my own space than hear, have someone else hear my movements. I just... It's not so much hearing. It's just I don't... If I'm going to do number two and we have guests in the house, I'll use our ensuite. Because I just yeah. hate the thought of one of our guests having to follow up me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I um, Sorry, just on the subject of ensuites and, and movements, I nearly knocked Ash out cold last night. Um, What'd she say out of line? Uh, uh, new list. If there are new listeners, Ash, my wife, long-suffering, uh, silent member of the show. Um, no, so I don't know what time of the evening it was, but Ash was a warm, so she got up and turned on the ceiling fan, and then she walked into the ensuite. Now, something about the click of the ceiling fan woke me up, and I normally would sleep through all of this sort of sort of shit, but I woke up through the streetlight. I kind of could just see this silhouette in the bedroom and for whatever reason i think because that click somewhere in my brain had triggered that that a was gun? our front door oh, uh, okay. not a gun just a front door i was like it's a fucking intruder <laughs> like i <laughs> nearly came up swinging <laughs> <laughs> i just love would love to imagine you with an actual intruder in the house what would actually happen do you, you know th- what happened you know what the first fucking word out of my mouth was hello <laughs> <laughs> That was where my brain went. Like this is, Hello? I've got a mugger. Hello? <laughs> so was there like genuine fear there for a second? There was, because it was, hello? Oh, shit. Like that was basically what, what happened. But my heart rate just spiked like crazy until it... This probably all... This was probably one of those things where your brain just fires a million synapses in, in a couple... Like in less than a second. So it... It felt to describe every feeling would take ten minutes, but it probably only happened in the space of 0.5 of a second. But I went from, "Who is that? That's an intruder." I got to punch them. Oh, it's Ash. <laughs> like that was. That's like that time in New York when I approached the big jacked up fake subway guy by saying, "Oi, you!" <laughs> <laughs> you sold me a fake ticket. <laughs> oh man, N- normal Dando would just run the other direction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so like you said, the family are all waiting for the for the toilet or for the bathroom at least. Anyway, Homer plays cutsies. Uh, then they realise that it's Maggie. I mean, the, it's mm. obviously going to be Maggie. She's the only one from the family not in line. That's the only person left. Yep. Homer nearly kills her several times over. I did find that was funny. Putting the baby in peril always works for comedy. Yeah, <laughs> and and not knowing that you're doing it because if you know yeah. that you're doing it, that's not funny. <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 no. If you know that you're doing it, then suddenly you're on the CI network. Like M- Michael Jackson hanging his baby off the balcony? Not cool. No, not comedy. Not now, not then. <laughs> I remember when that actually happened when we were younger. I don't recall too much about it. I wasn't really old enough. I just remember it, a lot of people weren't happy. And I've watched that mm. footage recently during like a Michael Jackson documentary that I've watched, I don't know, like a year ago. And 
having kids now, I watch that and go, what the fuck was that guy thinking? <laughs> yeah, that was, it, for whatever reason, it came up recently in something I was looking at. It might have been like, you know, one of those um, craziest moments or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like news, news photography of the last 25 years or something. And when that happened, it was one of those things where it was really hard to remember that that was reality. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, he actually did that. Because it's yeah. sort of been made fun of so many times that you don't, you're able to kind of distance yourself from the real act. And then when it's removed and, you know, 10 years later, you're just struck with that photo again. You're like, oh, man, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, Imagine being there. You would just assume he's about to throw his baby over the edge. The way he's holding yeah. it, it's just, you know, the baby yeah. doesn't get dropped. But even watching the footage now, your heart's still in your mouth. It's yeah. insane. Unless, I mean, the only defense mechanism is that blanket would have probably just floated to the ground on the wind. Like a magic carpet. Yeah. I don't think so. Was it, bl- <laughs> was it blanket? Was that the child? I don't know. I have Let, no let's idea. say that it was, for the sake, for the sake of, of that joke, because <laughs> that's too good of a joke to have passed over. <laughs> uh, so Homer thinks that he's killed Maggie because baby blood comes out, but no, it's just some sort of like soap or whatever. Yep. Um, Bart thinks of a way to get in there by smashing Homer's head against the door, but he's not doing it hard enough. Then Lisa just opens the door because she tries to hang her again. I'm not, so I know there's a gag here where she's just like, why don't we ever do the same thing twice? But I can't recall a gag what, that she's referencing where they don't do the same thing twice to try and get out of an issue. No, me either. And partly I was thinking, because most of your ideas are bad <laughs> as a family, <laughs> not necessarily Lisa's. But... Um, Hibbert is now at the front door. Uh, and he's got, he, or he's saying that Santa's little helper came down and mated with his poodle and ditches them with the babies. They're confused though because they're just like, hang on, I thought, I, I really appreciate this. Uh, didn't, didn't we get him neutered? I thought he, you know, he had litters years ago, years ago, and they had, she, the, she had the complete guidebook in her hand. The complete guidebook to the Simpsons. Yeah, I appreciated that. It was a nice little touch. I think, yeah. um, uh, as much as, there'd be some people that might view that and think it's too self referential, but I reckon, in that vintage, everyone that had that book would have gone, oh my God, I have that. Like yes. it, it would have been one of those little one for the fans moments. That was essentially like a Bible for kids in the 90s, that book. Mm. It was the best. <laughs> I never had it, but one of my best mates did growing up and I would just read it at his house. We yeah. talk to him. <laughs> it was like that kid that had the book. You like? I, I, would, yeah, I was like, I was, like I, I was gonna say, it was like the Radioactive Man comic. I'm like, I'm just here for the book, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even home. You just go and visit his mum. <laughs> so yeah. you read his books. No, I'm uh, afraid Samuel is down at the store. That's fine. <laughs> so we get the flashback to uh, when he was supposed to get neutered, and Homer says he gave him a, mm. a night that his Wang wouldn't forget. We get the little montage there. Faces out the window, mm-hmm. going to see some pornographic poochie films. And now I'm, this is where I've got another alternate title. Okay. Um. So the, so they had like Long Dog Silver, so Long John Silver yep. on Golden Retriever. I couldn't work out what that was supposed to be, and maybe on Deadly Ground was the only thing I could think of. The what was the title that they had? So there was Behind the Doggy Door, Long mm-hmm. Dog Silver, and On Golden Retriever. The okay. one that I would have liked to have seen is Some Like It Rottweiler. <laughs> That's not bad. I would have appreciated a Poochie reference in there somewhere. Oh. Um. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of... Maybe Ryan any... Pooch with Turner and Hooch somewhere? Get Poochie in there, maybe? Yeah. So, like, the po- problem po- is... Po- Poochie Mamas? The real problem here is, even when I sat down to start writing these, and I reckon this is probably why they didn't push it too far in the writer's room, is once you start trying to think of 
jokes that are borderline bestiality, or not even borderline, it just starts to feel like bestiality, and your brain just immediately shuts that off. Or it, <laughs> or it should. If it doesn't... Go right for South Park. Talk, talk to someone, <laughs> please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, as I said, got the montage with the prostitute, everything as well. And then they arrive at Nuts Landing, dog neutering, and Homer gives him a second chance. I I mean, I got jet neutered, but I felt horrible doing it. Now, you're taking away their manhood. Nah, they're dogs, they don't know. They're only puppies at the time. The only, like, um, we had to with our dogs, it was a condition of the breeder. But the only thing for me is I would have really liked to have seen how big Murphy could have gotten if he had... A, a functioning sack and testosterone and because he was a chunky boy and I feel like he I, if anything I just robbed him of being a bit bigger do you feel like the do dogs grow larger if they don't get neutered I think I think it can have for for males in particular that there can be some sort of testosterone impact maybe maybe that is just pseudoscience and I've been worried about this for so oh my god I've still got the rain star open uh, sorry, I just went to go back to Google Chrome to look that up and went, oh, shit, what have I done? <laughs> um, uh, dog neutering growth inhibitant. Uh, Despaying, having your dog spayed. Oh, no, having your dog spayed or neutered early will not stunt your puppy's growth, but it might affect the joints. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, Murphy's fine. <laughs> He's as big as he ever would have gotten. He just doesn't have that. Oh my god, it's called a gonadectomy. Really? Yeah, well, apparently this is from cuteness.com, so maybe they've made that word up. <laughs> That's a good good source for facts. Yeah. Cuteness.com. It's where I get it all from. Alright, anyway, back to uh back to the other thing that I forgot that I'd Googled, which was Mr. T images, and that's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Google Mr. T twenty twenty. You'll see that one in sweatpants that I'm talking about. Ah, uh, will do. Right now, I'm looking at him do one finger push ups for a Snickers commercial. Far out. Yeah, he was a beast back in the day. Um, so let's get back to the episode. The kids are starting to uh, have been given the the task of going to give away all the puppies. They give one to Willie. Why is this the kid's uh, job, by the way? Like, well, you two I, better take these. Hang on, Homer screwed it up. Yeah, I thought the same thing, but swiftly moving on, it's season fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, yeah, they give one to Willie, they give one to Snake. Well, Snake Snake won't accept one, but he will steal one. Uh, very true to the character there. Then basically this whole plot was just a reason to get, and I'd appreciate it, so a reason to get uh, to Krusty's house. Yeah. But also the fact that, that Krusty now has a dog that looks like him. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. It's, um, I hadn't even made that connection until you just said that. But yeah, that's very true and very funny. So Krusty, before they answer, uh, arrive at the door, he's flicking if, through all the TV stations. What just, sorry? just quickly, if two children came to you with a box of ridiculously cute puppies and said, would you like one? Are you taking a puppy home? Well, I'd just take it inside the house. Yeah, I'd probably take two. Yeah, yeah. Every day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I might not keep them, but I'll at least take them and, you know, I will keep them. See, this no, is the you'll thing. keep them. I, 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 get emo- I get emotionally attached way too quickly. Yeah, this is why I could never do, like, the guide dog training or anything along those lines, or why I could really never breed. Like, I, I wasn't too concerned with having uh, our dogs neutered for the fact that if I had puppies around the house, then I'd end up with 12 dogs. <laughs> yeah. I we I had a friend. Actually, no, you've got a friend as well, Grace. <laughs> our friend oh. Grace, mutual <laughs> yes. friend. Uh, she, she takes dogs in before they 
go to their forever home, as she puts it. I just couldn't do yeah, that. Yeah, she kind of uh, helps with the rehab and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Also a nurse. Just saving lives everywhere, Grace. Uh, so, Krusty is flicking through the TV stations. This is what it's like when you have Foxtel now. We are, I feel like I'm going to cut the cord, man. I think Foxtel's gone. Until footy season starts, at least. Yeah, I... Um so I'm I'm really really close myself. Uh, it's the only thing that I've been holding off on is just full trust in Ko's server. <laughs> like, if I get to footy season and I try to stream some content and it's not smooth, that's that's the last the last stretch for me. That I need that to be. If Ko can be as good as Netflix in terms of HD quality, then I'm there. Well, we have it on at work. We had the um, the Super Bowl on. It looked pretty good to me. Granted, I was sitting a bit further back from the television, but it looked it looked pretty good. But you can still it's still not. I know the difference you mean when like you know you can watch 4K AFL on Foxtel. Yeah. And streaming streaming particularly in Australia can be shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> we just have that's, that's yeah, just, just have my, terrible servers. My biggest worry. But yes, yeah. I, I I know where you're coming from. But anyway, so yeah, so they arrive at the door, and they've got some a puppy. For Krusty, and he takes one. Uh, he's going to nuzzle it all night, and then it nuzzles too much. So then uh, they're going for a walk, and they arrive at his old neighborhood. And just a look, it's kind of like this is where it sort of felt like a bit of a flashback, didn't it? This is where it started to feel like the proper sequel to Life Father Light like Clown from this moment on. Well, look at this. You dragged me back to my old neighborhood, and it hasn't changed a bit. DSL! DSL! Who will buy my high speed connections? Brazilian wax! Get your velvety smooth Brazilian wax. Hey, the Jewish Walk of Fame. Here, go on Sandy Koufax. I lost ten grand when he wouldn't pitch on Yom Kippur. I did five shows that night. Okay, boy, let's find my star. Albert Einstein, Lord Michaels, Sherry Lewis, Lamb Chop. Why ain't I here? I'm a bigger name than Chaim Potok. What is he, some kind of Klingon? So they're having trouble finding uh, Krusty Star on the Jewish Walk of Fame. So is this a case of Krusty had a star and then couldn't find it or just assumed he had a star? Just assumed that he would have a star. Yeah. I mean, it would be very Krusty to not even bother rocking up for like the, 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 opening. the grand opening yeah. of his star. That's <laughs> yeah. why he opened the Clown College, so he could send people yes. to those things. Did you um did you go to the Hollywood Strip when you were in the states? Uh yes, we did. Um I mean, I don't it's gone back a long time now and I I remember if anything being moderately Oh, I know. You know what that I have that hasn't aged well. The only photo that I got from the uh Hollywood Walk of Kevin Fame. Kevin Spacey? Yeah, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I knew it would be Kevin Spacey. I fucking knew it. <laughs> I was really excited at the time. <laughs> Yeah, so he, he can't find his star, Krusty, on the Jewish Walk of Fame. So he enters the uh, the building, and he's going to. Well, he, basically, they said, "Yes, you, you are worthy of a of a, a star on our Walk of Fame. Um, just need to fill out this application. Mm-hmm. When did you have your bar mitzvah?" And he reveals here he never had a bar mitzvah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, the circumcision line. I was just like, "Ooh, yikes!" <laughs> Over circumcised just sounds brutal to me. Um. Well, I mean. Speaking from experience, you don't remember it, <laughs> so. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's, it's funny. When I was a kid, I felt like I was the only person who had it done because none of my mates seemed to have it done. Now yeah. that I'm older, I don't know. Maybe I just gravitated towards other circumcised people. <laughs> but like everyone <laughs> I know now is circumcised. 
I, I um, kind of liken it to just you got a loose flap of skin after a scab or something like that or a blister. Yeah, it's just peeling that mm. off. Uh, anyway, so uh, he doesn't feel, basically he doesn't feel like he's a Jewish man because he never did the, the bar mitzvah. And yes, and he storms out. So I'll play all that clip of, do you know how much yep. I donated, blah, blah, blah. Sees Bart and Lisa out the front. And oh, how good was the line here? I thought I was a self-loathing Jew. I'm just an anti-Semite. I thought it was great. Oh, and then having Randy Wolfcastle. Ra- yeah. We should talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> oh, man. So we come back from commercial. Krusty is feeling very, very down. He goes to uh, see his father. Uh, to learn why he didn't have a bar mitzvah and basically explains to him because, you know, you were embarrassing. You never took anything seriously. You are always taking the piss. And that was the situation they needed to delve into more, I think. There was more there. there was They didn't, they didn't uh, you know, dissect that aspect of the episode enough. It was focused. Yeah. It was like I said, I, I feel like they thought, there's not enough Simpsons in this. We need to have more Simpsons. I'm like, no, this episode would have been fine without having Homer. Yeah, I would have agree- uh, I completely agree. It would have been fine had we not seen another main character from this point um the other thing that i will give it credit for is it's actually from what we know of rabbi krastovsky it's a, a really good reason like it that felt believable to me that he put the jewish faith so high that he wouldn't let his son denigrate it yeah i just thought crusty not appreciating that aspect and then by the end of it actually understanding why would have been a much better story hmm. uh but crusty reveals on his show that he is jewish i watch this going has Krusty never announced that he's Jewish on the show before? Surely he has on his show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, he actually sung Young Yum well, Kippur he, on the show, didn't he? With, with his dad, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, but anyway, so he le- leans, into, <laughs> leans into it a bit more than, I guess, normal to have the Jewish itchy and scratchy cartoon. Um, I, I had to say here that Mouseltoff just to me proves that there is no pun too far for the show anymore. <laughs> now there's um something else, another nitpick that I had that I don't know if this is a deliberate joke. It's presumed that it is, but after the episode, so like when he's going through uh, and, and we get to the scheduling and that he can't, uh, he won't, mm. he won't work on Saturdays and he can't do two shows on a Friday and they need to get a co-host. Marge's first suggestion is John Stewart. Who is Jewish? It's John. John Stewart's full name is John Stewart Leibowitz. Is that supposed to be the gag though? That she doesn't. She's not aware of it. I, well, I don't know because it doesn't feel like it's played for laughs. Unless it's just no, like because, a no, real because Krusty s- says I hit. Because Krusty says he'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just a real subtle inside joke for people that know. They're just like, we'll throw that out there, and if you want it, it's there, and if you don't know any better, it doesn't matter. So you're hundred percent certain he's Jewish. I know it's a Jewish name. You just you're no, definitely he, he's, certain he's, he's Jewish. Definitely Jewish. He was born of Jewish immigrants. Okay, okay, yeah, that is weird. There's, but there's good. That's not a mistake the Simpsons writer would make. Like they, they there's obviously a, a gag there that we are not understanding. Or, or well, yeah, is it, I think I know what it might be. I just also don't think it was delivered. It certainly wasn't delivered in a winking way. Like, it wasn't one that's yeah. letting the audience in on the fact that there is a joke there. Um, so, it's kind of a, a blink and you miss it. It would have been probably funnier if they picked, if Marge says somebody who had a an outright Jewish last name. Well, or, or yeah, like named four or five different Jews, much like Homer talking about pork, ham, bacon. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. For the same animal, yeah. What's what's the uh, the one from Mel Brooks is Jewish? 
<laughs> That's the um, when he's driving him around, isn't he? Uh, I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. The yeah. Co- the cocaine gag. Um, I actually quite enjoyed uh, something about the animation of Krusty's nose putting one finger to a nostril that <laughs> just was drawn very well. If if you like, for example, have idolised a comedian or idolised somebody, right, and then you found out that they're heavy on the cocaine, would it change your perspective of them? Nah, couldn't care less. <laughs> nah, would <laughs> brings out the best of them. No, look, a lot of comedians that I like are very open about the fact that they're on drugs. So why would I care about the ones that hide it? Like, you know, as long as they're not a dick when they're on the cocaine, knock your socks off. Some of them just, you know, personal message you on Facebook and ask for money. <laughs> yes, fifty bucks to fifty bucks for a dentist bill to one G Fleet. Yeah, that was um, a very sad story. That one. Don't meet your heroes, kids. <laughs> <laughs> It was like very confronting when you told me. I was like, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> it was bleak. I was in a hotel room, a hotel room in Rome, using international. Like I put an international calling plan on my phone specifically to return a call from from an idol of mine, thinking God knows what sort of opportunity could be around the corner, and nope, wanted fifty bucks because <laughs> he thought I was someone else. So what did what did he originally message you again? Um, uh, no, I just had a missed call. That was kind of, uh, that was the gist of it. And then, uh, yeah, then, then just uh, like a missed call on Facebook. Yeah, I something along those. I don't remember the exact ins and outs, but I remember coming back and going, "Oh my god, a missed phone call!" And then, but it was pretty instant of him of just, yeah, no, I um, I needed fifty bucks. For a dentist, uh, like I really needed emergency dental surgery, and I was that desperate for it that I've ended up asking you, and uh, I don't even know you. <laughs> like I was like this. Do, do you, you, sure, you sure it was like a bit for a radio show or something? Uh, I would have loved it if it was, but no. Did you give him the fifty bucks? That's the big question. No, no. <laughs> Written a book that sold quite well and has now been turned into a movie treatment. He doesn't need my fifty bucks. I feel like I feel like that's got to have been a setup. That can't be legit. I don't know. I feel like it could be libelous to be talking about it, though. So we should move on. Yeah, let's move on. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, because Krusty basically needs a shitty guest host, and of course, it's Homer. So Sideshow Mel is introducing Homer as the new host of the Homer Simpson show. He reads his cue cards wrong, just the usual. Um, obviously, his guest. Uh, not, not his. Uh, they are his guests. I could say, like his co-hosts. I guess you could call them Mo, Carl, and Lenny. They just have nothing to actually talk about. They're just happy to be on television. Mm-hmm. Um, Homer starts off by saying, "Don't it's, you hate it's it's actually too very, small?" It was very, very similar to the early episodes of the Mick Malloy show. And I say early episodes as if there were late episodes. It was cancelled after eight, but um, uh, it had that real vibe of just, "Oh, let's get a camera and my friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll do." Hilarity will ensue. <laughs> You ever notice how seats are too small for normal-looking guys like me? Theaters, airplanes, I even here, look! I could not agree more. Never go on the teacup ride after eating at Beauty and the Beast's fried dough chateau. Hey, I got a question. How come oldies stations are always playing the same song? How about some new oldies, geniuses? Boy, these guys are right on the money. Yeah, my neck is sore from agreeing so much. Hey, baby, you looking for a good time, huh? Go home, turn on your television, Channel 6. Thanks for the tip. 
Yeah, yeah, twins, I get it. Now, let's watch something I'm really interested in. Who has more power, Miss America or Miss USA? I think one's elected and the other one's appointed. I think your water just broke. Will you be quiet? <laughs> I did love Kyle. How about we get some new oldies? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I did. I, I did enjoy the construction workers. Like what you think yes. is cat calling the girl, like looking for a good time. Get home and tune it in Channel Six. Thanks for the tip. Like that was pretty funny. The only thing that doesn't make sense is what time does this show air? All time apparently, because some people are in. Oh no! Is anyone in bed? No, no one's in bed. No, it's the here's the other nitpick, the the dando nitpick for this episode. So the woman says, "Oh, she's doing the ultrasound." And she said, turn it off. I want to watch this this new show. I love it, right? This is the first episode. And it wasn't even on your screen yet. How do you know you love it? <laughs> um, look, you, you, should, you of all people should know that you don't argue with a woman in labor, Dando. That is 100% true. There was moments during the, the birth of Holly where I thought I was helping and I wasn't helping. <laughs> no, it's the sort of thing that if that happened... Say, that's Nicola. And she's like, to put this on, I love this show. And it was a brand new show that debuted and you knew that there was no way that that statement is true. You would bite your tongue. You would never question it. But for the next 10 to 15 years, if not longer, it would be rattling around in your brain every now and then. (laughs) And you'd go to ask and then you'll think better of it. Ultimately driving you to divorce. (laughs) Just that little, it's like Inception. That little kernel of doubt (laughs) would just grow from there. So, baby, something's bothering you, I can tell. No, I'm fine. No, it's no, fine. Just tell it's me. Fine. Well, you, you said you fucking love that show. You never said it before. <laughs> You're full of shit. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to the Dando household. <laughs> so, the rabbi is running through all the different rules with Krusty. Um, you know, I just love the, you know, you can't eat pork. He's just got a pig in a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> like a whole head. <laughs> That was always. I remember we go to that place. Um, what's it called? Uh, Rheingold. To me, it was always oh, confronting when it's just yeah. people people walking around with just a full pig yeah. head and all. Yeah, to dancing and singing. Ziggy zaggy yeah. ziggy zaggy. Oi 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 oi. Best thing in the <laughs> that world. Place still exists. Does it still exist that place? It's so tribal. It's um. It's it. I, like it really. If I. It's like for me. It's like uh, Pavlov's. Dog style conditioning. If I hear ziggy zaggy ziggy zaggy oi oi oi, I need to have some roast quickly uh, and just unlimited German beer. Is that place still open? Uh, I mean, it's not a very COVID safe venue because no, it's all downstairs. It's a COVID There's, death trap, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. There is no ventilation, but I hope so. I hope the Rheingold's still operating. I mean, it's a staple of Geelong. It's one of the last institutions we have left. Yeah. The Think of Geelong restaurants that are like institutions. The Ryan Gold. What Ryan else Gold, is there? The Sphinx. Sphinx. Um, yeah, Sphinx is one. Um, the Nash, which was sort of redone. It's not exactly a restaurant. Yeah, but, it's, not, it's not. That's not the way it was even when we were kids. Like the Ryan Gold hasn't changed. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, uh, Parker's Steakhouse. That wasn't when we were kids, I mean, was it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's fancy steak. They weren't taking us there when uh, we were six. I, I just wanted to mention this Parker Steakhouse. <laughs> uh, Nicola and I go on there for our anniversary in a couple the of weeks. The Rheingold has not posted on Facebook since 2018. Well, that's not good news. That doesn't necessarily that does not necessarily mean that they're closed <laughs> yeah, though. That's, that's, and that's no, what I doesn't. like about the Rheingold. <laughs> that's exactly what I was about to say. They don't need Facebook. <laughs> uh. 
That is, uh, is there a picture of Ziggy Zaggy Man on there? Zigga Zaga. Uh, I don't know, but there is a picture of a bunch of shirtless guys behind the bar at midnight. Um, the- with the caption, this is from the Rheingold. Another one makes the wall. I'm not sure how many traditions Geelong has amongst <laughs> its venues, but this one is great. Did you did you ever get sucked into buying one of the guy who sings the Ziggy Zaga? He recorded like this song about the AFL. Oh, he- and, like, no, no, I, I didn't get sucked into buying one of those. I I bought one. Yeah, not good. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, I'm gonna t- oh, I'm gonna tag you in one. Um, there's a a flashback. So it's the photo that started the tradition of getting shirtless behind the bar. Um, mm. sometime in the eighties, uh, and it is about as eighties as it comes with the men that are back there. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Mitch Grinter mentioned me in a comment. Let's open it up and have a quick look. This is what you pay for, Michael. Us looking at old photos of the Rheingold. <laughs> oh, wow. That is fucking... That's his 80s. That's, I would even go that? like late... Almost like late 70s even. It does look like... So like the guy in the middle in particular uh, with the full beard looks late 70s. Yeah. yeah. Um, right now they're singing, come on, Aussie, come yeah. on, come but on. This is the thing. If you go like only two or three photos left and you find the 2018 version, nothing about that bar has changed. It's the same No, walls, it's exactly it's the, same the same shelf. It's the same liquor. Everything is identical. That's what I mean. It's an institution. Nothing has changed. I mean, Sphinx has updated somewhat over the years, but Brian Gold is like the last place that just yeah. never bothered investing oh, in anything. Facebook actually listed as being permanently closed. That's sad. Anyway... That's probably enough of really? talking about a really niche restaurant in a place that no one else can get to. Maybe we'll do a special closed. about it. We'll save, we'll save more of this for the drunk chat. Permanently closed. Well, there you have That's a sneak peek of what you're going to get with the Ryan God. That makes me very sad. Mm. What makes me even more confused is that somebody called Beck Dando tagging people on the last post they put up there. I've never met a Beck Dando before. Yeah. Anyway, the Ryan God, everybody. It was an institution. They're, we've done some somewhat of a... This is what happens when you don't do a podcast together for a year. You just do detour after detour after detour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they've started the show and they're not very good but Homer's just talking about stuff that regular people can relate to to an extent you know Carl's they're basically the, the show for the uh, the everyman and everyone's enjoying yeah. it yeah. and the, the rabbi's running through the rules of Krusty like I said M- so yeah, Homer is now sort of Krusty learning the ropes I did uh, yeah. really enjoy the byplay of the scene between Krusty and Lenny uh, Lenny asking for what was it a modest Krusty increase and of, Lenny? What do you mean? Ho- sorry, you Homer, and Homer and Lenny. My apologies. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, like asking for a modest increase of living expenses, and they're just hmm. I'd like to introduce <laughs> my new host, Barney. Lights are too bright. Hmm. Yeah. Disco Stu. Disco Stu <laughs> knows his place. <laughs> I. Like that, you know, and it's happened in the later seasons. Oh, I said later seasons. I mean, like season 11, 12. They're starting to give characters like Disco Stu and Frink and all these other guys who, you know, would occasionally get one-liners. They're actually getting more prominent roles in the show now. And they're really funny. Wiggum in particular. Wiggum's getting some solid fucking uh, lines in later seasons. You'd really appreciate them. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, But yeah, Marge is uh, watching the TV. And she, uh, what have we got here? Oh, yeah, she's, um, she's talking about how she got cush- they can get cushioned under the rugs now because her husband's yep. a, a power player on TV. If you notice here, though, they obviously changed the line at the last minute because the mouth was animated to say something else. Yeah, something something about that didn't sync up. It, it, well, no. it, either an animation change or just a um, screw-up that they didn't catch, but I feel yeah, like it's more, yeah, last-second dialogue. Krusty is still practicing. Uh, he's earned a Dr. Brown's I've got here. A Dr. Brown's must be a drink. Yeah, it must be like Dr. Pepper of the Jewish community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and the networks arrived to to fire him. But like I've got here, 
it feels like Krusty's taken a backwards uh, back step now to Homer being the main story in the last third of this episode. Yeah, it does a little bit. Um, and the like him getting fired here. I don't know, maybe because of the fact that you haven't seen him do the midweek show or the Monday to Friday, it almost doesn't feel like he's losing anything. So yeah, you know, like, like why is he getting fired? Homer's doing the show once a week. Yeah, yeah, like it's it, um it's a little bit of an odd thing there that it's the stakes just never quite feel like they're high enough because of the fact that learn like uh, uh, learning the Jewish faith isn't a struggle for him. Um, it doesn't appear to be a struggle for him to have lost the show anyway. So then when it's you're fired, and it's like eh, nothing nothing has really hit hard there for me. They could have had, you know, Krusty struggling to get audience members for his show, but Homer's was selling out and had a big demand or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that could have worked. We come back from the final commercial break. Uh, the Simpsons are all out for dinner. Wiggum asks for an autograph. And, you know, Wilfred says, I ate Legos. Me too, mm-hmm. son. Look how I turned out. Spelt the name backwards and whatnot. Uh, Lisa is excited by the power that Homer now possesses. And she says, it's time to now put it all to good use. And this is where we get the Lincoln, uh, the Abraham Lincoln imagination bubbles, which are just great. <laughs> it's fantastic. It really, really is. Like, imagine, uh, oh, it's just such, it's one of the um, few times that Homer's had a fantasy that I could really get behind. The other thing is, Lisa somehow sees the speed, the thought bubble. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good cartoon logic. Yeah. She, she's just like, no, dad, not that. And I'm like, what? Isn't this what? Isn't this meant to be his imagination? But anyway. So she says it's time to put it for good. Um, you know, Homer says last week I took Bart's advice. Now I didn't w- look at what last week's episode was, so maybe there was. I'd appreciate that line if last week Bart gave him advice, and now this week Lisa gave and, him advice. And Homer actually took it. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we get the Homer Lincoln preventing the JFK assassination. Krusty then goes to visit Fox because he's been fired from Channel Nine. I want to say Channel Six Studios. Six. Channel Nine. Channel, channel six. six Studios. Yeah, Channel Six. Uh, it pitches the different reality shows. <laughs> I move in with a poor family and laugh at them. And laugh at them. <laughs> oh, man, I'd actually watch that. Uh, and <laughs> then he suggests televising his bar mitzvah and they're all about it. Homer then says that this show is going to change. Uh, Moses, mm-hmm. no, we're going to talk about the, the, the good stuff like spelling words on calculator. And you just knew what was going to come next, didn't you? Yeah, 100%. So Homer's now saying he's going to focus on the important issues the only thing is, though, that I don't like it when they do this. But it's, I guess it's, it's only a slight nitpick. But they some for the sake of a story, sometimes they make Homer's character far more intelligent than what he's been portrayed as normally. Yeah, like he uh, wouldn't know anything about these issues, and he's just randomly just starts spinning them all off. And I'm like, it just doesn't feel right coming from Homer. No, um, I mean maybe in this instance it could have been a cue card thing, and you presume that Lisa's just giving him like a little spiel in advance at least, at least show that you know, at least it's in his earpiece or something you know yeah they're running out of time as it is but yeah like it, it I, I get exactly where you're coming from I can yeah I can you have to fill in the blanks to make it to make the character change work because you know he's a bubbling fool and that's how he got in the job in the first place and now all of a sudden he's smart but anyway uh, the yeah. old folks don't, don't don't like the new show but they can't change the channel because the remote is too far away been there oh yeah 100% yes <laughs> I was literally laying down the couch last night and I realized that the TV was all black, but it was still on. And the the, the remote was, you know, like on uh, Holly's chair, uh, not chain table, uh, uh, high chair, which would have been about, I don't know, two feet from the couch. 
I just decided to just leave the TV on all night. <laughs> so I couldn't be bothered letting over. Uh, I'll let you guys know. I'm sleeping on the couch because I have Elliot's monitor. And when he wakes up during the night, I saw Elliot out and Nicola's in the bedroom with Holly. That's, right. the, that's the current situation. That and I brought up the time Nicola tried to watch the show that she loved, even though she'd never seen it for the first time during her labor. So, so what you're trying to tell us is you're sleeping on the couch because you're a good husband, not a shit one. <laughs> yeah. Combination of both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're televising Krusty's Bar Mitzvah and they've got the Beach Boys experience and it's time for Mr. T. As you said at the start, very good use of Mr. T. Occasionally throughout these, or a lot throughout these later years, they just bring in guest stars for the sake of guest stars, but it just feels like, I guess because he's such a character in himself, you know, he's, the language he speaks and everything, he is so over the top that it would, I guess it would kind of be hard to fuck up a Mr. T appearance. The thing is, it also fits that Mr. T would turn out for this sort of event if it was a real event. So, I'm fine with it. It doesn't feel like it's a guest star for the sake of a guest star to me. Uh, do you, think, do you been, think he would turn out for this kind of event? I guess. <laughs> it's like, a, you know, see before mentioned comment about Snickers commercials that I feel like Mr. T is going to show up where the check is. And... Like, it's it's also, he's the sort of celebrity that this sort of event might look for, like, to just grab someone with instant name recognition, then it doesn't matter. Like, that that, that kind of yeah. makes sense. Had it been, like, an special guest, Justin Bieber, then that would have felt like, uh, okay, so you've tried to find someone that's popular with the kids now. Um, that, that, yeah, that's... That for me, it just it felt it feels organic enough as much as it is completely out of nowhere. So Homer's new show is uh, not going well at all. It's basically it's just terrible. Everyone's walking off, including Carl. You can't leave. I'm your ride home. <laughs> Bart walks in, explains to Homer why it's not going too well. You know, you listen to Lisa, and this is what happens. He starts choking Bart and uh, Hibbert here. Not impressed at all, is he? No, all the broken tracheal bones. Was mm. it um tight tie my ass? Yeah, tight bow tie my ass. And then three, two, one, and he cancelled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's walking out to the car park. My first thing here was, where's his car? <laughs> I'm just like, why are they changing his his parking space if there's no car there as well? But anyways, we find out later on his car's been tr- thrown in the dump. But Marge is going to support him, you know. I, I like I did like Homer's line here of, thank God, I thank God every day that you settled for me. But that's the kind of line that we used to get in the earlier years where it's like Homer can acknowledge... I'm not good enough for you, mm. but I appreciate and love and respect the fact that I have you at least, you know? Yep. And we don't get that we don't get that enough anymore. I find in these last seasons eleven and twelve, Homer's just a jerk for a lot of the time and Marge just accepts it and there's no repercussions where there needs to be more of this, you know, where he accepts that, you know, I, I do have my faults, but I do appreciate that you at least put up with them. Yep. Um so Marge says, Let's go to the make your own Sunday place and Homer says, Can you make mine? Marge says, Of course. Then we get the Mr. T stunt at the Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> Thank you, cast of the Lion King. And now, for our grand finale, the superstar of David, Mr. T. I pity the shoe that won't let Krusty in now. Spin me, clown. <laughs> I wish I had invested my money better. The rabbi is not happy at all in the crowd. He goes, this is exactly why I didn't give you a bar mitzvah in the first place. You are a, I guess, would you say an embarrassment to the religion? It's a bit far, I guess. Uh, Certainly disrespectful. 
Disrespectful is a better one, yeah. Krusty wants a real bar mitzvah, and he, he, he has one, basically. <laughs> okay, so the way you just summed that up, perfect. He wants a real bar mitzvah, and, uh, and he has one, basically. I feel like yeah. that's the pitch meeting. And you know what you just instantly drew a connection to for me? I assume that you've seen Star Wars uh, Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I only sat down recently to try and watch my way through that one. And as much as I knew it had become a meme, I'd not watched it until this particular moment of... <sighs> Somehow, Snoke came back. <laughs> that... <laughs> no, no, it's not, not Snoke. Uh, Palpatine. Oh, sorry, Palpatine. My apologies. Somehow, Palpatine came back. Impossible! <laughs> like, but just that thing of like... And, you know, Krusty has his thing. And that's about as much effort as we're putting into this final scene. Yeah, this this was the main story until we forgot that it was the main story and we thought we better wrap up this main story. So here's the ending. <laughs> yeah. And and again, like it doesn't it doesn't pay off because of the the amount of time that we spend with Homer and his TV show, we don't we don't get to spend any time seeing Krusty's dad be upset. Uh so it doesn't other than that one shot of him in the crowd, but then Again, we don't know how much it actually means to him in the context just of this episode to be upset in the crowd, and we don't know what it means to Krusty, so this final scene has no emotional payoff whatsoever when it could have been set up to be really, really good. Well, it needed to have that scene throughout the episode where you can only assume that well, it, this is what he was going to do in the first place, just have a mm. normal straight-up bar mitzvah. That's what he was practicing for. And then there should have been a moment throughout the episode where he says to his dad, you know, they're going to televise my bar mitzvah. It'll be great. We'll do this. We'll do that. And his dad would go, no, no, no. It needs to be traditional. And you go, no, no, no. This will be great. It'll get my career back on track. And then he storms out and leaves his dad sad. It needed that moment. It needed him abandoning his dad to go do the usual crusty shit. Yeah, exactly right. To then have this final scene have a proper act of redemption. Yes. But all in all, Mr. Davis, what were your thoughts on this episode? Considering the fact that it was Mr. Who? 15. Sorry? What Last did you Mr. just Davis? call me? Oh, fuck. Okay. That's uh, that's what you call 10.30pm, half asleep, <laughs> two-kid dad dando. Apologies, Mr. Grinter. Well, no, that's <laughs> fine. It's absolutely staying in the episode, you know, though. But, but, but you, know, you, know what's, you know what's funny, though? I called Guy, Mr., uh, Mitchell, and Mr. Grinter for like two or three episodes before uh, I got fantastic. used to Tane Davis. Next card. Um, <laughs> I, no, overall, like, overall, I think it's a, um, it's a pretty good episode. Uh, I noticed that, I think it was the New York, uh, not the New York Times, New York something or other, back in 2012 actually had this in a list of, you know, the nine more uh, recent episodes that they think are as good as anything from the golden era. Now, I don't think that that is true, but I think that there are some some foundations there for that. I think a lot of the major criticisms that can get leveled at later Simpsons episodes aren't in this, um, other than, the, yeah, the story just lacks the the cohesion to glue it all together. Um, but the the individual elements of it are all fine. It's just um, it could have pulled together to be a bit stronger. It's probably like a, a B minus episode. Well, I feel like both of those stories in this episode could easily have been with a bit more love, some fully fleshed out full episodes. Like Homer yeah. taking over the Krusty Show could be a full episode in itself. Yeah, I think it absolutely could be, uh, or even just more. I mean, it could have been a really solid A and B plot had they got the timing a little bit different. Like, there's. There's a lot going on. All of that stuff with Santa's little helper at the beginning. Yeah, a lot of time um, gets wasted, doesn't it? Yeah, like I feel like just economy of storytelling that 
I mean, it's a classic Simpsons trope to have your initial story lead into something else, but it basically takes a full act to do that in this case, instead of it it just being the opening 90 seconds, and then we get the diversion into what the real story is going to be. So that means that by the time Homer's hosting, you're past the halfway point of the episode, and you've just got nothing, you've got no time left to invest in it, and then it does, and that's what forces them to shortcut Krusty's kind of final rushing through the bar mitzvah um, story. It's happening more and more often, this kind of thing, wasting an entire act on something that doesn't have any relation to the main story. A good example of it being done well is, for example, the Trash of the Titans episode, when they have Love Day, and then Homer has to take the trash out the next morning, and, and that's, that starts the, the feud with the garbage uh, company. Mm. Like, you know, they, might, they might spend maybe 90 seconds on Love Day, and that's it, and then it's into the main story, not six minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I think that those... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of others... I reckon some of them, when they're done really, really well, and I can't, I'm sorry, but I can't pull an example again, 10.30 at night, but the ones where that initial 90 seconds feels like it went for five minutes, but then you rewatch an episode and go, oh God, they moved through that real quick before getting it. Like, some of the really good ones that you can actually, in in your head, you think that they were the episode and it was just the intro to something else. Homer goes to college with the um, where they do the the test on everybody, and they realize Homer needs to go to yeah. college again. Yep, solid one. That's a really good, really good shout. That yeah. uh, I was also thinking. Oh God, what's the actual name of the episode? The one where they go to Duff Gardens. Um, the whole with, thing about with, with Salma. Yeah, and how it all kicks off with the funeral and all that sort of stuff, and then yeah. leads into and like you know you kind of forget that that element of it even exists in the episode but by the same token when you go back and rewatch it you're like this is a, a re-, like it, it's a satisfying conclusion from start to finish and then it goes into an area that you weren't expecting it to based on the pitch of they go to a relative's funeral i still say the best moment in that entire episode comes in that opening act another placemat sir please <laughs> <laughs> what do we learn palmer so what'd you learn from the episode mitch uh, oh, what did I learn? I learned that baby blood can be used to treat indigestion. Yeah, apparently so, yeah. What actually was it? Uh, it was Pepto-Bismol. Oh, okay. I've learned that you should never, ever use your fame for good. Never ends up well. No, only ever for evil. All right, so that is it. That is our review of Today I'm a Clown all the way from season 15. So it's going to take about two or three years for the free feed listeners to hear this one. But uh, you're back, Mitch. It's good to have you back after... It's been, oh, has it been 12 months? Uh, I think it would have been. It'd be when pretty did close. you leave? So, yeah, it'd be close to it. I, I don't remember. Did, you... did I stretch into 2020? Oh, it would have been just if you did. Yeah, yeah, somewhere did... around that. Um, but, in, but in any case, it was fun. I mean, I've remembered how to do it. That was a genuine fear of mine that I was like, yeah. shit, what if I've forgotten how to watch The Simpsons? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and you're not doing a classic episode either. You're doing a new one. It's like, oh, God, it's just like the double whammy. Yeah, I to, yeah, exactly. To, yeah. And I had to give it a bit of extra because of the fact that we ripped a guy off. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say, Michael, I apologize if we mispronounced your last name. Do you think it's Bernstein or Bernstein? I'd say Bernstein. Bernstein. Let's go Bernstein. Yeah. It, just, like it Harvey. just sounds right. Well, I was about to say like Harvey Weinstein, but hopefully not. He's not like him, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. Yeah, so Michael paid us $100, yeah, a long, 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 long time ago and uh, picked this episode out. In particular, one of his favorites. And I hope you enjoyed our review, Michael. Thank you so much for your ongoing support here on the Four Figure Discount Patreon. Mitch, we need to probably remind our listeners that what is going to be returning in 2020 for sure? 2021, you mean? 
2021, yes. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired. Uh, what uh, podcast is returning? The Democratic Party. Um, <laughs> the Tales of Futurama. Yes. We're going, the next episode we're doing is one of my favorites of all time, me being a wrestling fan. It is uh, Raging Bender. It's a very, very funny episode. Yeah, nice. Uh, I don't know if I've seen it, so that'll be fun, which is, I mean, a pretty common thread for me for, with the Futurama episodes, so... Yes, uh, so that is the next episode for you patrons of uh, Tales of Futurama, so stay tuned for that. It is coming up, can, can we say in the next week or so? Yeah, something along those lines. Should be doable. Yes, yes. Yeah. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be in the very, very, very near future, Tales of Futurama will be returning, and I want to say on a bi-weekly basis, is that something we can make happen? Can we make it? Can we just make it happen now? Again, should be semi-doable. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard to... COVID has really made me struggle to plan anything in the future, even phone calls. It just feels like anything that I have could be taken away from me at any minute. So well, it's it's funny because I hadn't heard from you in a couple of days when we said we we're going to do this podcast, and it got to like seven thirty, and I hadn't heard from you all day. And I said to Nicola, "I wonder if Mitch has forgotten." No, <laughs> like, no I was never and, going and, to do that. And, and I was like, "I won't message him because I don't want to like make it make him think that I've assuming he would have forgotten." I'm like, I. I full faith he hasn't forgotten. And then at like 7.45, I got a message that says, message from Mitch Grinch. And I'm like, oh man, he's forgotten. Uh, <laughs> it's just, no, no we're going to do it no, a bit I later. Hadn't, so. I hadn't forgotten. I'd just been a little bit waylaid. I have found that Mr. T photo, by the way. And what I really like about it is he's got, so he's just carrying two shopping bags, but he's got this look of determination. And he's obviously just been breathing out at the exact moment that the photo's taken. And it looks like he's, he may as well be carrying 100 kilo dumbbells in each hand and like doing that, you know, um, just kind of walk that you do in the gym as that might be part of a, um, what's the thing? Oh, those pre- A circuit might be part of a circuit where you just got to be like, you know, jump through the ladder and then you skip for a little bit and then you pick up the weights and you walk 10 meters. That, that's the kind of look that he's got carrying a bag of donuts and some bread. I just think he looks very sad. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't look like a former superstar. No, he does. He does not look like Mr. T anymore. There's another one here of him with an orange beanie loading some stuff into the boot. Yep, he uh, he looks like he looks like the dad at any sporting organization of the kid, like you know, local sporting club of a kid who's not overly good. Uh, but the kid's nice. And you'd never hear from the dad, but he's always there. Like, he just kind of watches from the opposite side of the oval. I think what's happened is, judging by all the recent photos of him, they're all... He's, all, he's, got, he's got something on his head, whether it be a, a do-rag or a beanie, whatever. I'm thinking maybe he's lost his hair. He's lost his the, mohawk. Yeah, the mohawk is the identity. And I think the fact that you can't see the mohawk, he just doesn't look like Mr. T anymore. It's the juice. He's lost his juice. Yeah, yeah. He's lost his mojo. That's, uh, that's, that's it. Mr. T is all about the... Uh, the Mohawk, no, no Mohawk, no Mr. T. That's what it is. Yeah. It's sad, but anyway, he's but he's he's still Mr. T. He's still Baracus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's like he's like he's was he? No, he wasn't in it. Did he have a cameo in the A Team? The the like the Liam Neeson movie? I was gonna say. <laughs> I thought you meant the show. I'm like, are you fucking with me? Like, no, yeah, no, anyway, no. I meant the movie. I never saw the movie. I uh, don't know. Uh, okay. Um, I, I would assume you would assume he would have. I mean. If you're going to go to the trouble to make a fucking 18 movie, Mr. T is going to be in it in yeah, some you way. Yeah, think. Anyway, uh, we should go and stop speculating yes. about the life and times of Mr. T. <laughs> yes, let's wrap this up. Uh, I hope you enjoy, guys. 
the review of today on McLean. Hope you enjoyed having Mitch back. Taz Vitrom is going to return on hopefully a bi-weekly basis, as you heard just before. Thank you once again to Michael. Mitch, any final words to the listeners? No, I just want to say thank you very much for uh, Next Card having me back. Uh, if I had to think of anything off the top of my Next Card head to say, it would just be that I still love all of our Patreon Next Card fans and everything that they do to continue supporting the show. Next Card. From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, so the current leaderboard for the Guy Devers New Name Championship is this. Uh, in third position, we have Fergus Jeffs and Nora Cocker, Coker on three points. In second position, we have Phil Hawkins and D.L. Gorman on four. And in first position, Garod Harrahill and Luke McKay. You've done it again on seven points. Take it away. Oh, I'm allowed back in, am I? Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dando. <laughs> nice to be back for the New Name Challenge. And I hope that you have all enjoyed uh, getting a nice slice of Mitch. Uh, but the new name challenge is Guy Davis's territory, and what's more, it's the territory of these fine people. A lot of great new names for today, I'm a clown. Awesome. And so much so that I'm going to name some honourable mentions just real quickly. Mm-hmm. One of them from our man Gerard Harrahill. He gave us Juka. Very good. Not Joker, but Juka. Yes, I like it. <laughs> Uh, Mark Boston Burgess, who I actually thought was from Boston. Turns out he's uh, from somewhere in England. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big misrepresentation on Mr. Burgess's part. <laughs> um, he gave us Line of Duty. A lot, a lot of Jewish stuff in the um, in the new names. Line of Duty is a show Nicola fucking loves, by the way. Oh, it's only one thing I'm interested in, nailing bent coppers. That's all I know about Line of Duty. <laughs> they nail bent coppers. Um, and uh, another honourable mention goes to our man Philip Hawkins for Never Been Brist. Now, this is a bit mm. of a deep cut <laughs> in terms of um, uh, Jewish humour. Do you know what a Brist is, Dando? I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a, for those who are not in the know, a Brist is a circumcision. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> uh, the reason it uh, does not get a point is... While uh, Krusty has not had his bar mitzvah, I am assuming that he got the snip. Yeah, he's and then some, as he said. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but uh, one point mm-hmm. does go to Philip Hawkins. Phil Hawkins on five points, outright second. Mm-hmm. What has he got? Uh, for the more straightforward but also very effective ha-ha mitzvah. Oh, great. Yeah, perfect. Like not it. bad, is it? Mm. Not bad. Two points go to... Dave Abbott-Smith. Ooh, first time on the leaderboard for this season. Well done, Dave. What has Dave got for us? Pretty fly for a rabbi. Oh, that's amazing. Well done, Dave. <laughs> that's good. And I think it's sort of era-appropriate well, because, I mean, uh, that Offspring song was around this time, wasn't it? Uh, off- no, this was like 2003, and Offspring song was 98. Oh, okay. <laughs> all, these, all this era is sort of blurring into one. Did you walk around going, I'm pretty fly? <laughs> yeah. And expecting people to sort of pick up the slack. <laughs> But they never did. <laughs> anyway. you, you, mean, you mean you didn't walk into a club and have girls going, Give it to me, baby! <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, let's let's move on because three points go to our pal, Nora Coco! Nora! Wowee! She's now boosted up to second position outright. What have you got, Nora? Two great titles from Nora. Muzzle TV... Mm-hmm. I like that. I'd I, I love that aspect of this story of Homer getting his, his own version of the show. He, he yeah. was doing well. Oh, as we always enjoy when Homer does well. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, but the outright leader uh, for the new names uh, comes via, via Nora Tora story. <laughs> That's great. I like that. Very good. I like good. that a whole lot. Wow, that really shook things up a bit. We're now, we now have outright first still. Luke McKay, you've done it again, and Garode Harrowhill on seven points. But Nora mm. is now outright second on six, and Phil Hawkins is now outright outright third on five points that is the guy davis new name championship so far for season 15 continue to send through your new names because even if you just get one point on the uh, on the leaderboard this year you go into the wild card draw to potentially win a prize at the end of the season as well and if you do want to be a part of the championship you just got to be a member of the four finger discount family at patreon.com slash four finger discount where for as little as one dollar per month you can get access to the four finger discount facebook group but the thing is though guys yeah just say you sign oh, up guys, for one- uh, not just me oh yes <laughs> just say you sign up for, for patreon you can only afford one month that's fine the, the $1 gets you access to the Facebook group. And once you're in there, you're in there. We ain't kicking anybody out. You support the show like that, we're not going to get rid of you. To quote West Side Story, once you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Exactly. So once you're in, you're a member, member for life. So check it out. I really highly recommend joining the um, the Patreon just to be a member of the Facebook group. And you can do so just for as little as $1 per month. So $1 gets you access into the, into the Facebook group. And you can just leave if you want to, but you'll be in the Facebook group <laughs> forever. That's patreon.com slash four-finger discount. To bail! It is time now for some mailbag with the one and only Mr. Guy Davis. All right, Mr. Davis, first question here comes from Andrew JP. Andrew says, excluding the Joker and Krusty, who is your favorite fictional clown in any style? Funny, scary, dramatic, etc. I think for me, I really enjoy the clown from Billy Madison. (laughs) You know, the uh, the one had the the hemorrhage in his head? (laughs) (laughs) You can't go for too far past Pennywise, can you? It's funny when it comes to It, because I know we had the two movies. Uh, they were quite popular. Yeah. Very well made, very well acted. And I thought Bill Skarsgård was really good as Pennywise, but they seem to have sort of faded out of the public consciousness a bit. They they were really hot shit, particularly at work. Yeah. Pennywise, like It merchandise, was just like, you couldn't keep it on the shelves. Yeah. But it just went, just tanked straight and, away. Yeah, I don't know could, what happened. And people are still like, People still remember Tim Curry's Pennywise, and they're still sort yeah. of like, "Yeah, I think he might be the uh, he might be King Clown." I think Tim Curry's just king. I would have to agree with you on that point. Like it's, it's so sad what's happened to him now, all these health mm. issues. But man, Tim Curry, what a lord! <laughs> <laughs> what a king! But but yeah, Pennywise is a great one. Yeah, it didn't even come to my mind that one. All right, next question comes from. Uh, or actually, before we say that, Declan Phoenix mentioned that he um, he really is fond of Patch Adams, a movie I've actually never watched. One of the one of the few Robin Williams films I've never seen. I found it a bit cloying, shall we okay. say? When I saw it back in '98, I believe it came out. I've never revisited it. There was a stage there in the mid to late '90s, maybe in the early 2000s, where Robin Williams was his quality control was a little bit off. One hour <laughs> photo. Oh, what our photo was actually actually wasn't I really that bad. enjoyed that. Yeah, but a lot of his comedies and yeah, Patch Adams was one in particular that was like, oh, this is making me, this is a big warm hug from someone who's holding on a bit too long and a bit too tight. See, the thing is, by that point, he was like, well, I've got my Oscar. Fuck you all. I do what I want now. <laughs> a good point. And look, and I felt really bad when we lost Robin Williams because I, I remembered back in the time when I was like, geez, oh, Robin, tone it down a bit, will you? All that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, you know, the. Dude just wanted to make us laugh and make us feel good. Yeah. God, what an asshole. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Noah Daniel says, if you were partaking in a bar mitzvah, who would you want to MC the event and who would you want performing? Oh, 
Hmm, that's a really good question. I think I feel like John Lovett to be a fun MC for an event. I think so. I'm thinking of Billy Crystal, but Billy Crystal in his heyday, like when he was hosting the Oscars in the 80s. Well, that's what no, uh, Andrew J. P. says here, I'd love Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you'd have to have someone Jewish doing it. <laughs> yeah, true. Declan Phoenix says Mel Brooks. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh. See, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest here. I'm a bit of a virgin when it comes to Mel Brooks. I'm not I don't I don't really know much of his stuff. Like when he was on The Simpsons, I had no idea who he was when I was a kid. But I just know him now as this iconic comedic comedic legend. If you're gonna say to me, go check out this and you'll understand why we love Mel Brooks, what would you say? Everyone says Blazing Saddles. Yeah, that seems to be one. All the all this is a space ball. Is it space balls or something like space that? Space balls, or- yeah. It depends. Yeah. I, I think it depends on your age as well. Okay. But I think a lot of his stuff is kind of like, oh, really, this guy? But he was kind of the first to do it. Okay. In a lot of ways. But yeah, Which, everyone what, says... And what, and what is it? Uh, kind of vo- smart but vulgar humour. I mean, and the vulgarity is so sort of upfront that you, you might go, oh, there's really nothing to this except fart jokes and inappropriate humour. But there's mm. actually a bit of smarts behind it. Now, what I was about to say before, everyone says Blazing Saddles, and I agree with that, but if you want the really good one, it's Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein is a fantastic oh, movie. Okay, yes. Yep, and that's the one that's got uh, Peter, Peter Boyle, Boyle, right? Yeah, as, the, uh, as Frankenstein's Wal- monster. Gene Wilder, yeah. Yep. Gene Wilder, Marty Feldman, um, and an incredibly funny performance by Gene Hackman. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so Young Frankenstein, and it's probably the best of his movies, in all honesty. Now, I have to go pick up the kiddies from daycare now, so we'll wrap up with one more food-related question here. Judge McCarthy says, how good are bagels? <laughs> they are really good, but let me tell you this, Jack, uh, and you may well agree with me on this point, bagels are not for making sandwiches. See, I had my first bagel in America. I was never, I never really had tried a bagel. And we're in Connecticut at Nicola's friend's house, and they made us bagels with salmon on it in the morning. Yeah. It was delicious. Yes. Now, that's how you have a bagel. You cut it in half. Yeah. You toast it a little bit. Cream cheese. Maybe mm-hmm. some uh, Spanish onion. Smoked salmon. This was this was smoked salmon and cream cheese. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe some capers and a little lemon juice. And that's how you eat it. It's, you, you don't make a sandwich out of it because it's too dense, too thick. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just, otherwise it's just all bread or all dough or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but everywhere does bagel sandwiches now. And I'm like... No, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but as you said, a bagel with cream cheese and smoked salmon. I, I, they <laughs> bagel with a schmear. What, what, what would you rather, a, a bagel like you just described, or one of those deli sandwiches that you had from New York? Probably the deli sandwich. Yeah, you talk about that deli sandwich a lot because it was a dope deli sandwich. <laughs> what was the business it. name once again, just so we, our listeners can remember? Wasn't it Katz's Deli? I can't remember. You're telling the story. It. You were there, not me. I went to Katz's Deli. Okay, well, it must have been that one. (laughs) Which I think is closed now, unfortunately. Oh, shit, that's a shame. Listeners in Australia, particularly Melbourne, there's a good uh, good spot in Melbourne called uh, Brooklyn to Williamsburg that I think does a very good Reuben. Okay, I remember when we first landed in New York, and I'm sitting there, and I'm so hungry, and on the way to the um, the hotel, because we got kind of lost, I stopped by like a souvlaki kind of vendor. Oh, yeah. And he didn't call it souvlaki, he called it something else. And uh, he gives it to me. I took one bite. I put my hand on the bench. I'm like, Nicola, hold me. This is the best thing I've ever had. <laughs> I was like, it got, me, it got me weak at the knees. It was so good. <laughs> I was like, vendor, food from a vendor in New York was just the best. Oh, yeah. I think one of the first things I did when I got to New York was um, go to one of those hot dog vendors. Like, give me one of them New York dogs. 
And I was actually a little disappointed. <laughs> oh, really? Like, is it maybe because you built it up in your mind, do you think? I think so, yeah. Alrighty. Well, that is our review anyway, guys, of uh, Today I'm a Clown. By, by review, I mean you heard Mitch and I discuss it from many moons ago. <laughs> God, I just did the mailbag, but I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, next week, Guy's going to be returning for the full review. And next week, we're going to be... <laughs> That's review- what you think. <laughs> next week, we're going to be reviewing the episode, Tis the 15th Season, a Christmas episode, which is a take on a Christmas carol. Mm, nice. It should be fun. I don't recall too much about this episode, so I'm looking forward to checking it out. I do enjoy my Christmas episodes of The Simpsons, and I'm sure this will be no different. So, Tis the 15th Season will be the next episode of Four Finger Discount. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support. Please do continue to rate and review us on the iTunes Store. I've had a few ratings, but no reviews come through for a couple of weeks now, so can you please, if you do have the time, chuck us five stars and leave a few kind words, and we'll read it out on the show. And don't forget, if you want to send us a question, it's simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. But this has been Today I Am a Clown. Next week is Tis the 15th Season. Mr. Davis, any final words for our incredible listeners? I am not Mitch. Shh.